Let me ask you a question. What's the cost of a favor? When does it expire? How much is enough? Those are some of the questions I want to take a look at today as we dive into, guess what? Another episode of Wisdom Smack with your host, me, Michelle Spiva. So guess what? I want you to sit back, relax, and get ready to listen as we endeavor to go and try to find the end of that infamous rainbow of a favor. Yes. I'll see you on the flip. Stop doing that. Do you want to be obligated for the rest of your life? These are some of the questions that my grandmother would tell me when she would observe some type of um, behavior that I was exhibiting that was not to her liking. On this particular day, I had uh, gotten a ride with some of my uh, friends' mothers, and my grandmother was a little peeved about that because... um, I had uh, been, I guess, a little too presumptuous with always thinking, oh, I can just get a ride with them. And she said, no, that's not the case. She was like, you know what? I need to sit you down and I need to help you with something uh, to understand how the world works. And um, of course, I had heard these things time and time again. And as little kids all want to do. I I think I was in my preteens. And this was summer. I remember that much. It was summer and we were doing summer camp and it was hot outside and I didn't want to, you know, try to wait outside for her to come and pick me up. Um, I was staying with her for the the, for the summer. And so I would just have this person's uh, mom drop me off at my grandmother's work, which, you know, was on campus. And she was like, don't do that anymore. You can wait. I can come and get you. And it took me a while for it to set in because I was having fun with my friends. I'm a kid. I'm not thinking about all the ramifications of what that means. And so, like I said, finally, one day we're driving home from her work and she was like, do you want to be obligated for the rest of your life to someone because they did you a favor? or some favors, she was like teaching me something that I am so into now because it truly is the background music that fuels the world and that is status. But I'm going to talk about that on another day. Today, we're talking about this and this is what she finally said to me that got it through my little thick head. And she said, don't you know that free is always too expensive. Free is a price that you don't want to have to pay. And she said, don't always ask people for favors. Don't always be obligated to others for uh, being on the hook for their, their kindness. She said, there's one thing if they offer and you can see it's genuine. She said, and even then when they offer, Don't take them up on it very often. Make it rare and few and far between as you go and take them up on a offer. She said, a favor? That's something else. She said, that's a noose around your neck. And that is a price that is steep 
and it has no end or exp- or expiration. And, you know, I'm sitting there thinking about that. I was like, hmm, okay. Now, I read this book, and from time to time, I'll go back and look at it. I read this book some years ago, and it's by a, a famous marketer, American marketer, a contemporary marketer. Uh, he's still around, bless him. And his name is, uh, is Dan Kennedy. And he has this um, line of uh, no BS marketing. And so the particular book, and I had to look it up <clears throat> because I knew I wanted to talk about it. And it is called the no, not the, it's just no BS marketing. And this one is to be affluent. Since I uh, have learned my my best calling and and the people who are best able to vibe with um, how I, I see things and are best able to implement the things that I can consult on. I tend to work with uh, the more affluent and the more um, creatively vested individuals in the world. And so because of that, I wanted to get a better understanding of what this world entails of, of working with those who have more than the, um, than most. And there was something in the, in the book that, um, by the time I read it, I was like, well, duh. And I thought everybody knew it. And I, I was wrong. I knew it because my grandmother had drilled it into me all these years about free being too expensive. Free is expensive, y'all. I just want you to know. If you didn't already know, free is expensive with a shady expiration on when it's paid and when it's enough. So this book, and I'm going to paraphrase it, and I, I, I may drop the link in the, uh, the description, but free is expensive. And the way um, Mr. Kennedy, Dan Kennedy, talks about it for the affluent, he says, you know, people want to always give the affluent free stuff. And he said, you'll notice the difference between the truly affluent and the rich. He says, the rich love free stuff. They'll take it all day long. He says, but the affluent, which usually translates into the ultra rich, they shun free. And they will a lot of times send unsolicited free things back. Or if they like it, they will either ask for an invoice or they will guesstimate the price and pay it. And that is because they understand that concept that my grandmother was trying to teach me. She was trying to teach me that obligation has no bounds. It has no boundaries. It has no exploration, expiration. And once a person has extended you a favor or given you something, they feel that you're obligated to return the favor either in kind or in monetary value. And then it becomes too expensive to pay because it keeps going on and on. And the truly affluent don't want to be encumbered with those types of nooses around their necks. Can you imagine how many people send you, if you had a a few gold coins to run together, how many people who knew this would send you stuff and unsolicited? And if you accept it in their mind, they're thinking, oh, okay, well, they're obligated. They'll be more favorable to me. They'll... um, hook me up, you know, when, when I need it, I can go to them. I can say, well, you know, remember I've always done, been there for you. I've always extended this to you and that and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, and all of these kinds of things. And 
what are you going to do when you sit there? Because you know it's the truth. You know that they said it was a gift. You know they gave it to you for free. But that free was real expensive. And when is enough enough? When I think about a lot of the favors and the frees that we get, they're kind of like a polite uh, eternal bribe. You know, you're, you're going to be bribed for the rest of your life. And that even translates into the innocent stuff that we do. There is this other book. Uh, it's the um, book that uh, it's, it's kind of it's actually it's really quintessential. And it is um, one that we we actually learn uh, as marketers. If you're going to be a marketer, you have to you have to know it. And it is um uh, the the universal principles of persuasion, or it's just called persuasion, um, by um, Dr. Garinaldi, and I'll, I'll definitely put a link for that one in here for you. And he talks about his six universal principles, and um, the <laughs> the way he talks about them, it makes it so innocent. But when you are looking at what's actually going on, it's diabolical. And um, so like, for instance, the one that I'm talking about here is um, the law of reciprocity. Yeah, principle of reciprocity. He doesn't call it a law. He calls it, calls it a principle. And there's six of them. But the principle of re- reciprocity, that's kind of like, um, not kind of like, it's where you get the sample or the trial like uh, for free. You go into a store and they're giving out samples. Now, a lot of people have become hardened with this whole sample thing. But there is something innate in us that when someone gives you something, you feel, guess what? Obligated to return the favor. And thus, people give people uh, samples, not because they're trying to be nice, but because they're trying to persuade and to um, trigger that subconscious thing about um, you that makes it where you feel a certain way, like you owe them something. And you know what? Um, I knew I butchered the name of this quintessential book, but let me tell you what it is. It's uh, Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion. Now, if you're listening to this and and you're in um, online marketing or full-time digital uh, trainings and things like me, you probably are very well aware of this book. But for that person who may have stumbled across this podcast at this particular time and you are not familiar with it, it is called Influence. And the subtitle is The Psychology of Persuasion. And it's by Dr. Robert Caldini. And I'll, like I said, I'll put the, uh, the book in the show notes. And so reciprocity is that quid pro quo. It, it's that um, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. And that's how it goes. And the thing is, is with that, it only takes a little sample to snare you, to hook you. Like I said before, some people have become callous and they're like, no, I'm not. I'm not obligated. You gave that to me for free. But the underlying current is there is some type of um, transaction that is triggered um, before uh, we have um, before we have the monetary systems, the fiat systems and things like that. A lot of things were done by barter. I do this for you, you do that for me. 
and it was just understood. If I did something for you and you didn't return in kind, we had a problem. And I could take you before the village and the village could decide how bad you were. You know, so it was really a real thing. Okay, so we got this uh, reciprocity. It's um, in samples and stuff. And I look today and I I look at um, some of the things that I have to wean myself off and and, and those types of things. And um, get this. Now, I know I've talked about this before, but I, I kind of want to just really take my time through this because if my grandmother were, were alive today, she would be like, see, I told you, I told you. And the way free becomes very expensive these days, it has surpassed um, doing things for favors in kind. It has surpassed even money. Now, free is so freaking expensive that it requires your life. I kid you not. You know how people used to make that joke about, oh, you want my my firstborn or you, you want my blood. Well, yeah, they do. And it's just amazing to me how much free cost. So think about it. I, um, I like to play my little games on my phone, just like anybody else. Now, my games, they're, they're harmless. They're like the little word games. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not into the candy crushes and all of that kind of repetitiveness. I, I, like I said, I like my logic puzzles. I like my uh, little, you know, finding the word uh, type of games. I even like uh, the puzzles where you have to draw the line to get out of the maze. But even with those, I look and I see how um, they are set up. Now, I know I'm throwing a lot of books at you guys, but there's this other book that helps to explain a little bit more of this type, this particular frontier. Um, and it's called Gamification. It's, it's by Yugi, Yugi Cha- oh gosh, let me look it up because I definitely do not want to murder that man's name. Um, but it is a book on how to gamify what you do. And gamification is all about turning a concept uh, into a game. And uh, let's see here. Like I said before, it is called gamification. Actionable. A- actionable. Excuse me. It's called actionable gamification, and it is by Yukai Chow. That's what it is. Yep. And uh, let's see here. It is. Um, it is. One of, I think, the best textbooks out there at this moment. Now, I haven't read read them all, but I do highly recommend this one. Um, Like I said before, it is really a good way to understand how the digital world works with regards to keeping you on the hook. And it even shows a little bit, um, if you're reading it with um, an objective eye, it shows how free can make a lot of money, can build a, a, a tribe or a army of loyalty, and can actually induce uh, addiction. And so, like I said, this the name of this book is Actionable Gamification, and the subtitle is Beyond Points, Badges, and Leaderboards, and it's by Yukai Chow. Yes, yes. And a great book even has a community that you can get involved in uh, to learn how to gamify things. And he talks about um, 
he does like evaluations of different types of games and he talks about the ones that are punitive like um if you you're you're doing stuff for free and um i don't know if these are still popular um but farming games where if you don't continue to to rotate your crops or feed your your um flowers or something they die and so they keep you on the hook coming back coming back and you have to kind of step back and wonder why do they want these people playing these games because a lot of them they don't I don't want to say a lot of them but a lot of the popular ones they don't necessarily require that you pay to play so it's not about you continuing to spend money in game what do they want you to do I had to put my foot down a few years back and I had to tell people, if you continuously send me um, Facebook messages asking me to uh, save your, give you a life, save your life or something like that in some little game, I'm going to unfriend you. And I got, it wasn't backlash, but I just got a whole bunch of, I'm so sorry, that's not me. It's an automatic thing. I'm playing this game and it sends it out to my friends. And I'm like, exactly. I am not that type of friend. And if you knew me, you would know I'm not interested in that stuff. And it is spam. And, um, you know, and so I was, I was really serious about it. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. At first, I thought it was a, a drop in the bucket. I thought it was something that people were testing out. But then I started to see how, no, this is not a drop in a bucket. This is deliberate. And I uh, was like, guys, wake up. The, the free is too expensive. You got people sneaking and playing this all day at work because they're trying to get to the next level, the next carrot, or it's numbing the pain of uh, a dreary existence at work or in life or whatever, you know, zone out, take your kids to um, a practice where you have to just sit there anyway, zone out on your phone. That's what it's made for. But when it crosses over into, oh, I've got to check my crops, my flowers, my birds, my bees or whatever, or they're going to die in this digital world then that becomes an obligation that is attached to your time. Now, time. <laughs> time is a construct of our minds. I, I definitely get that. But one thing I will say about time, you can't ever get it back. Even if, you know, yeah, we're, we're going to just say, yeah, we agree. Time is a thing that we all agree on, right? You can't get it back. It's not like you can get up in the morning and say, you know what? I really didn't like yesterday. I'm going to go back and redo it. No, you can't reset it. It is what it is. You get one shot at it, one second in time, and that's it. And so because of that, time is uh, up there right around oxygen and life itself. Very important. Uh, can't get them back. Once they're gone, they're gone. And so that would be more important than money that you can replace. And this free model has moved over from just wanting the money or or uh, return in favor to wanting your time and your life. And like I said, this is not doom or gloom. This is just, wow, <laughs> choose your free uh, very wisely because choosing what you do with stuff that comes as free is up there with choosing uh, your destinations, your uh, choices in your life path. There, it's, it's, it's serious out there, people. It's real serious. So, for instance, in this gamification um, uh, book, and it kind of reads, 
it's not like a textbook, but it is. It's really good. And but it's it's a it's a it's a deep, you know, it's it's meaty. You have to take your time. You're not gonna just sit down and casually run through this. Um, because he he does a great job of being conversational and story, but he also has to give you foundational stuff because he's writing writing this book to people who want to gamify their businesses and those types of things. And this is something that he talks about um, that I thought was really great. He talks about making um, whatever you do, making it for multiple levels at the same time. So layering. And uh, I, like I said, I see, I see this a lot of times, and it's like just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, the sharks are still there. So he says, when you make a game or a product or whatever, he was like, people are made to solve, and I really believe that, and I think I'm going to be exploring that. There's a, a book that um, I've read a few times called Hooked. Um, it's not for this this particular podcast, but it's a great book on how people get hooked, how you get get people in invested in your stuff. And so I was looking, like I said, I was looking at that book and and thinking about um, thinking about that book and reading this book on actionable gamification. And he talked about these different layers. So this is what he said. He said, if you want to keep people coming back, people are made to solve things. They want to get to the end. They want to close the loop, which is very true, you guys. That's why we even have looping dreams at night when we're trying, when our brain is trying to figure out a solution, a plausible solution for a problem or a situation that we have. He says, so you want to consider the novice or the person who is new. You want to consider the person who has um, been in here a little while and to give them a way to uh, work. So you're in intermediates and then you want to give a totally different experience to your advance where you continue to challenge them. And um, he equated it with uh, traditional games that we have seen. Um, when I say traditional games, I'm talking about board games and um, video games. And board games meaning the multiplayer board games, not the little shoots and ladders and stuff like that. <laughs> but he talks about making people earn it. Making people uh, work hard enough where they don't give up. Now, I don't know about you, but the word work is right in there. Okay, and it's like, whoa, the word work, making people work for it. And not for nothing, it's a real thing. Um, I look at how this um, this word has not snuck, but it slid into our culture and people are totally fine with it. And it's the word grind, uh, grinding with regards to not making uh, powder of stuff, you know, not grinding corn and meal. I'm talking about the work grind. And that grind has been uh, chopped off, dissected um, uh, from work grind in the regular sense to grinding in a game. And the grinding in the game is where people continue to do mundane or repetitive tasks or low mental tasks so that they can gain enough, quote unquote, experience or experience points to move to another level. Now, remember, favors and free, free is expensive. 
How do you get someone to be willing to give you hours upon hours of their time that they can never get back for some arbitrary level that you created? Well, there is another book. And like I said, I, you know, um, giving you guys all of these because this this is not a lecture. Maybe it should be. Um, But there is another book that is, um, I think, how can I say this? I don't want to put too too much on it, um, but it is a book that I was able to use to develop an entire training course on how to get people to um, uh, write um, in different worlds and those types of things and, and play with the senses through the written form. Um, just by, you know, the ideas that I got out of this book. And it's uh, the name of the book is called Reality is Broken, Why Games Make Us Better and How They Can Change the World. And the book is by Dr. Jane McGonigal. McGonigal, I always say her name too fast. And it is uh, another one of those books that if you're going to understand how we live in this world, it's probably good that you read it. And um, like I said, so I know I've talked to you about actionable gamification. I know that now I'm mentioning reality is broken. So these two deal with the gaming culture. Between them, you'll have, I believe that if you read these two books, you will have a better understanding of how the world has moved from the favors of the past with a little trial packet of peanuts at the grocery store at the Costco to now where they are dangling these uh, free apps or or free trials, 14-day trial or whatever, to the full version of um, whatever they're serving or or, or, uh, selling, excuse me, as a service. And that's another thing, SaaS, S-A-A-S, service as... excuse me, a software as a service is is SaaS. And that's um, becoming very prevalent. And they are really using this uh, concept of the free model or freemium, (laughs) you know, instead of premium, freemium. That should tell you something. It's expensive. And it's, like I said, it's moving past the, the monetary values to wanting your time, wanting you to be contained within their world. Now, the rabbit hole goes a little diff- a, a little deeper too, and it is be- <laughs> because of this that I'm, oh man, I'm you know, and I'm, I guess I'm getting uh, stumbling over my words because there's so much I want to say, and my time is just going down. I'm just watching. It's like I can't even talk about all the stuff I want to talk about. So I might you know do a second part on this. I'm not sure, but we'll see. Um, but when I talk about um, these two books and I talk about uh, where we are right now in an exchange of time, you wonder, well, why do they want all of my time? Well, it's a big old ecological system, a, a digital ecological system. These companies are able to um, observe you. They're able to see what you do. They're able to glean insights about your behaviors that you are most of the time unaware of because you, you, you can be very blind to what you do. And then they're able to create these avatars, these uh, psycho 
demographics of you. Um, the difference between a demographic and a psychographic is the demographic is the what and the tangible. What's your age? Where do you live? How old do you? What do you? What What is your political preference? But the psychographic that's that's more detailed, and that's the stuff that people are not willing to give by just being asked, or they're blind to it. So a lot of these games and services and those types of things want to keep you in there so long so that they can develop your psychographics. And the psychographics are the whys. That's why psychology is in there. The why you do the things you do. So they're not necessarily um, just concerned on your behaviors. They're concerned about your behaviors, your tendencies, your attitudes and all of this stuff. And they kind of can play with that, um, with how they develop their layers. Remember, in actual game vacation um you Kai Chow, he talks about you want to have something for the novices, so you want to get them acclimated. Then you want to have that grinding work for the intermediate so that they can you can dangle that golden carrot to keep them playing and, and learning. And then you want to have something for the advanced so that you can see how when a person is used to the adaptability of um, your environment, how they work in there. And they keep you in these environments and they get you, they incentivize you to bring your friends in because once they have you, they want to see how your friends behave to see if you're an outlier, if you're in the bell curve. And once they've gathered all this information, they can do a myriad of things with it. They can uh, develop more products to keep you um, in, involved, uh, sometimes behind a paywall where you're willing to pay for it, or they can sell this information, wink, wink, Facebook, and some others that are getting in trouble for this, for not divulging that they were doing this stuff. And there's, like I said, it just continues to grow. So I wanted to bring this to you today to let you know free is expensive. So I want to ask you this question before I close out. How much does a favor cost? How much should free cost? Put that in the back of your mind. Let let your mind work and chew on it a little bit. And then take a look at what you do in an average day and see if it's worth it. See if your time is worth the free. All right. So guess what? This is Michelle Spiva. My time is up and I sure do want to thank you for yours. I am just so appreciative for you supporting and listening to this podcast. And if you really like it, I'm going to ask you to, of course, comment, like, subscribe and share. And if you really like it, which I hope you do. And thank you for those people who have done this already. Yay! I would ask that you would support our podcast by when you want to shop at Amazon. Consider using our link. If you shop uh, during a certain time of period with our link and decide to purchase something, we may receive a small commission from it. And to do that, just use our link at michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. And I will talk with you tomorrow. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Thank you and bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, 
uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.